Blog Talk Radio. Hey, hey, everyone. This is Tanya Clark Marinelli back with you for the second day in a row. Um, thanks for joining me again. I am the creator of www.investinyourselfcourse.com and empoweringkidsprogram.com. And those are two separate yet the same programs. The first is an empowering women's program. The second is an empowering kids program because the empowering kids program, I believe, gives your kids a head start in life. So why get them, why make them wait until they're adults before they figure out this information of what life is really all about and how to create the environment and the world that you want to live in, okay? So um, while we're talking about that, the Empowering Kids Camp is all set and ready to go. New location this year. We're so excited about it. And that is Stage Hill Stables, 4180 Waverly. And um, the spots are filling up. We got more spots filled. And if you want your kids on the bus from Glenwood Community Center, then you're going to want to enroll your kids ASAP because there's only a couple spots left on the bus. You can go to www.empoweringkidsprogram.com to enroll your kids today. Or you can message me. Go to Facebook, Tanya Clark-Marinelli, um, and just search me up, find me there, and uh, connect with me there, and I can fill you all in on everything. Yesterday we had an amazing guest. Eve Agee. She was my uh, instructor from the Transform Coaching Academy, and I took her course, became certified, completely flipped my world upside down, and then I began sharing all this wonderful information with everyone that I possibly could, created a business out of it. Now I work from home. Um, I'm able to homeschool. So if this resonates with anyone out there, if you guys are looking for your sole purpose, um, even if life coaching isn't your thing, go find me on Facebook, click on the link, and get Eve Agee's three free videos. And um, you, I'm, I guarantee you guys will get a lot of information from those videos alone. So uh, a couple more announcements. This workshop, Mindset Behind Fitness, happening March 13th here in Winnipeg, it's being held at the Southdale Community Club. You guys, this is a free event. It is sponsored by Women's Healthy Living. Um, they've paid for the hall. They've paid for all the expenses. Go ahead and show up to this free event because I'm going to be sharing a kick butt um, probably hour to an hour and a half um, workshop with you guys to find out where your mindset is. Lynn Nelson, who is hosting this workshop, she's going to share with you all about the mindset behind fitness and nutrition. So this is going to be like three, four hours jam-packed full of information that is yours for free. Thank you to everyone who is donating and sponsoring this event. So without further ado, we have our kick-butt monthly guest on today, Dan King of Soulgasm. And today, I just decided to message Dan and throw him under the bus. And because uh, I, for those of you guys who don't know, I I have um, goddess cards and I read them frequently. And sometimes I go, you know, a, a good length without reading them. And I thought that I would ask my angels today, you know, what should we talk about? And the card endings and beginnings came up. And I was like, that is Fantastic. So without further ado, guys, I'm going to welcome Dan King to the show. Hello, Dan. Hello, my soul sister. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So, so you're good. throwing me under the bus, man. Eh? Yeah, I am. I am. You know, I love the conversations that we have, but um, you, the last few coaching calls had a lot, you know, that I've had had a lot to do with endings and beginnings. So I really would love to hear what you have to share about that. And before we get started, I want to share with everyone listening that this guy doesn't come cheap. 
So this is one of the very rare opportunities where you guys can call in and ask your questions for free. So if you're listening, step outside of that comfort zone and give us a call. The call-in number is 646-787-8296, and I'll repeat that number um, again in a few minutes, and I'll go ahead and post it on my Facebook as well. How does that sound? Absolutely fantastic. That's how that sounds. Awesome. So first, before we even get started, how are you doing? What's going on in your life? I am absolutely perfection, as are you and as is everybody listening and as is everybody in the world. Um, Things are good. Just uh, gearing up for another tour in March and uh, been getting some writing done, lots of clients. Uh, Website is almost good to launch. And, um, yeah, I don't know if I mentioned last time, but I got an agent, which is pretty awesome. So it's Sylvia Brown's old uh, old agent. Um, nice. So uh, as soon as the website's up and running, then we'll be shopping around for a publisher, and, and away we go. But, uh, yeah, no things are good. Family life is awesome. Got a little girl on the way. Uh, we found out uh, about a month ago the, yeah, the sex of it. So excited for that. I'm going to have to start shopping for shotguns for when she starts dating. But um, yeah, I was, yeah, all, all is well. I was well. just gonna say, yeah, that's <laughs> funny. Yeah, I went through that whole thing with uh, my daughter. She's now twenty. She's gonna be twenty-one, and uh, yeah, we went through a good five solid years of anxiety. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I have the anxiety you know, already, so. <laughs> well, she's, uh, you know, my daughter settled down and, and met a nice young man, so um, we've kind of released a lot of that anxiety and are getting comfortable with her having a steady, quote-unquote, steady boyfriend. So, right, um, right. good luck to you, Dan. Good luck to you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take, I'll take all the luck I can get. <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah, you know what? Um I don't know if you want to share any personal stories that has to do with endings, you know, endings and beginnings, but I personally know, uh, you know, a lot of the clients that I've been talking to lately and um, even talking with my own coaches, you know, you've got to release the old to bring in the new. Absolutely. And I'm wondering if you can speak speak about that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I can I can definitely speak about that. Um, okay. Although I gotta say, if 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 this is your way of throwing me under the bus, it's a very gentle way. So you can throw me under the bus anytime you oh. like. <laughs> okay, then there you go. You know, my 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 idea of throwing you under the bus is basically deciding what we're talking about without telling you. <laughs> no, I love that. Well, that's what we always okay. do. No, I love that. We gotta go. We gotta yeah, do this on the fly. Nice, yeah. We gotta do this on the fly. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Well. Uh, First things first, I guess the best story I could tell was what got me open and aware to everything I do now and just the topic of what I what I speak on. Um, mm-hmm. I was 21 years old. Oh, you cut out there. Are you still there? Oh, this is funny. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Now, now I can hear you. Yeah, now I can okay. hear you. Yeah, I have a good reception. I'm not sure why it's cutting out, but um, so yeah, I was uh, I was 23 at the time, and again, this is all about how I even got got uh, opened my mind to everything I talk about now. So it's a great story to share. Um, I was 23 at the time, and you know, I had a pretty good job for my age at the time, and uh, you know, I was working for a company. I was a sales manager, yada yada yada, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, to to keep the story relatively short, everything just kind of blew up. Um, you know, the company shut down, et cetera, et cetera. And so I was left with nothing and not knowing what to do. Um, I, I go into detail about this in one of my books, actually. It's it's like a story for a made-for-TV movie, but I'll leave the details out so people can read it in the book. But um, So I was 23 at the time, not knowing what I should do, and was going through a really rough time. And all of a sudden, these really strange things started to happen around me. Um, you know, my girlfriend and I were living together at that time, and I'd be in the kitchen, and her purse would literally fly off the table or off the counter. Okay. And I would walk by this, uh, you know, I would walk by a light, and it would flicker. And just a lot of weird things like that. And I'd always had an open mind, um, but I'd never really seen a genuine psychic, as far as I'm concerned. You know, I was, you know, I, I think you're from, you're probably familiar with the Moore Stampede here in Manitoba. 
So the uh-huh. you know the typical psychic I had maybe seen was you know in the in the classy environment of a carnival tent, you know, with chandelier earrings and a crystal ball kind of thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. So you know I'd never really had a very really profound um, you know uh, experience with any with any type of medium or psychic, and I had but I'd had other paranormal experiences as a kid as well. Um, actually about a month before this, these lights and all that, and the stuff flying off the counter started happening, a friend, a few friends and I had rented a cabin and, um, out, out at some lake and I was sitting out there by myself on the dock. And all of a sudden I looked to my right and there's this maybe 20 something year old spirit with a hat on backwards, smiling, giving me the middle finger, but not in a malicious way. Kind of just kind of joking with me, right? And so I looked uh-huh. away, and uh, you know, looked back, and it was still there. Looked away, looked back, and it was gone. And 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 the cool thing was that the the dock was so narrow, so where he would have been standing, quote unquote standing, would have been over the water. So I knew what I experienced was real, but I couldn't help thinking to myself, you know, you know, you hear people, you know, you hear stories from people who, you know, they see angels for their first spiritual experience, or their or their dead grandpa or grandma, and I get some. <laughs> some some smart ass twenty five year old dude waving you know the middle finger in my face but whatever I guess I'll take what I can get and um, so yeah so so fast forward back to when all this stuff started happening and then as the perfection of the universe would have it which I didn't realize at the time I heard about this local medium or psychic and I just felt really pulled to go check her out and so I went to see her I still remember it was August of uh, two thousand three. And I went in there, and she was, you know, nice-looking East Indian lady, very professional-looking. We were in her home, which was also used as an office for a real estate company who her and her partner had owned. and So just very modern-looking and not what I was typically used to. And mm-hmm. she just blew me away. I mean, she had me in tears literally for an hour, for the entire hour. I mean, she described wow. me to a, t- to, to a level I couldn't even describe myself. And just you know, was more of a spiritual counselor than just a medium, which is what I what what I just happen to do myself now. Um, you know, like I always tell people, it's not just about talking to the dead people. It's about you know, I typically call myself now a spiritual conduit. I mean, yeah, I do the mediumship and all that. I'm more of a spiritual conduit because I get information from various different sources. And even on the medium mediumship tip, I mean, we're all mediums for something bigger than us. I mean, mm-hmm. we're all working. I mean, spirit is working through all of us one way or another. Not all of us are here to talk to spirit or to, or to, or to focus on the spiritual topics, but we're all conduits for something bigger. We're all conduits for something that we've come here to do on behalf of the whole. Um, so back to this lady. So, I, I mean, again, to sum it all up, I, I, I walked out of there just with a light switched on inside me. I needed to know more about what I just experienced. And, uh-huh. um, and I just dove right into this stuff and, um, I picked up a book by Sylvia Brown. It was one of the only books on the topics on this topic that I've ever, I, I could basically say that I've ever been allowed to read because I got very quickly from spirit that I, I wasn't supposed to read a lot of books about this stuff that I needed to just be open to receiving information on my own because I was going to express uh-huh. it in a, in a very unique, um, kind of never done before way. Um, so I did pick up this book. It was called The Other Side and Back. And because my first interest was The Other Side, right? And just that there's more right. than just this world. And that's the typical introduction for a lot of people. Um, what I found is that there's a, there's a big segregation with the spirituality thing where a lot of people just focus on, you know, spirits and those and the other side and that. And then there's the other half that just focuses on the metaphysical aspect of things, the more practical kind of, you know, get your mind, you know, get your thoughts right, you know, intention, all that type of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So so for me, the first introduction to this was, was the more spirit, you know, other side type of driven uh, uh, content. So I picked up this book, and it really helped me out. It just really, because, again, in my fright, frighteningly uh, uh, uncertain life at the time, it, it really did a lot for me. And um, so so in, in, in relation to your question, I mean, that had to happen. This whole thing with the company, me losing my job and my life blowing up in front of my face, had to happen to shoot me onto this next thing. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I can't say I may have, I may have even noticed the, the lights flickering or anything like that, had I still been in the same cycle that I was. So I had to be shot out of that old to welcome in the new. And, okay. um, 
And I mean, at that point, I wasn't even getting what I do now. I wasn't getting messages from spirit or anything like that. But what it did do is, I uh, after I read the Sylvia Brown book, I was laying in bed one night, and I had a few other spiritual experiences. Um, um, like I remember this one night, um, I had just come back from John Edward event. Uh, he was in Saskatoon, and okay. um, and I remember him talking about you know some of the things that spirits can do. And but the one thing that he really kind of drove home was that they can play with the volume on on the TV. And I had just Aww. been asked I had just been asked to speak at someone's funeral because this person wasn't into any organized religion. They were more into what I was into, which is just spirituality in general. So they had mm-hmm. asked me to speak at their funeral. So I was freaked out. I was trying to write out what I should say and I was doing it in my typical brash, very uninhibited way, but then I started to doubt myself like we all do from time to time. And then so I literally asked out loud, his name was Kevin, the guy who passed away, and I said, Kevin, if you're around, am I on the right track? And as soon as I asked that question, the volume on the TV went out. And right away wow. my mind went to what John Edward was talking about. So I'm like, okay, you know what, I'm, 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 I'm going to test this out. So in my mind, not even out loud, in my mind, I said to him, I said, if this is you playing with the volume, when I say now, do it. So as soon as I, right on cue, right when I said now, the volume came back on. Wow. And then I did it a few more times, and not with any specific cadence or anything like that. I was purposely doing it randomly, and every time it was on cue. And so that was validation enough for me. And then I remember asking him one more question in my mind. I said, if you're completely crossed over and if you're okay and everything's all good, because I wanted to pass this on to his loved ones that I was, that would be there that day at the funeral. So I said, you know, uh-huh. let me know that you're okay. And even without me finishing the thought, there was a huge, large, like the biggest bang on my closet door that just no one else could have done. I mean, it just couldn't have happened. Um, so again, those are the type of experiences that really kind of cracked me open with stuff. And back to the Sylvia Brown book, I'd finished the book and I'm laying in bed one night and all of a sudden I just get this strong thought to contact her and see what it would take to bring her to Winnipeg. Because I knew what it had done for me and I knew she was pretty popular at the time. She was on the Montel Williams show. And so it was just a random idea because I didn't know what I was going to do in my life anymore. You know, mm-hmm. and I, so I got this random idea that also seemed like a pretty darn good business concept. So I wrote her an email about what I was going through and how her book uh, helped me. And within a few days, her manager, which is now my agent, funnily enough, too, um, wow. gave, me a call, mm-hmm. gave me a call and said, look, kid, I mean, because I was a kid. I was 23, 24 maybe by that time. And he said, you know, we usually don't give people who don't have, because I had no experience in this stuff. And he said, we usually don't give people a shot, but if you can come up with the money, and if you can, you know, we'll give you a shot. I just have this feeling about you. So, um, you know, my parents secured the funding, and um, within a couple months, we had the first Sylvia Brown show. It sold out, and then I was her main promoter for years across Canada. Wow. Uh, And so, as I was a promoter... Yeah, and then I was also, and then I would promote people like Deepak Chopra as well and things like that. But so as I was working with these people, that's when I started to be able to have these experiences. But even, but even the promoting thing, there had to come an end to that because I wasn't just meant mm-hmm. to be a promoter. I was meant to be doing this type of work myself. And um, eventually, you know, Sylvia Brown, you know, her personal life had changed, and so just things weren't working as well for her. We weren't drawing as many people. And then some other more intense stuff started happening to me. Um, I remember because I knew where this was going. I just had a feeling it wasn't going to be. It wasn't. This wasn't a train that was going to go forever. And um, and so I kept hearing about this place called Angel Valley in Sedona. And I, uh, I I heard it from three different people within a week. So I would have been an idiot not to jump on it because life was trying to tell me something. And so I went down there by myself, which my girlfriend at the time was not cool with, but I had to do it. Um, so it, it was just one of those pulls that were, were just undeniable. I didn't care what the shit storm that was going to be there when I got home. I just, ha- I just had to do it. So, um, so I, I went to Sedona. And at the time, I was like, you know, I was like, I've, I've worked out for years, but cardio, not my thing. Okay. So mm-hmm. but there was this, this hill, this pretty large hill, as far as I'm concerned, on these grounds. It was beautiful, beautiful grounds. I mean, it literally was a valley in the middle of the desert, red rocks surrounded by all that, just just beautiful. And there was this, this fairly large hill, and it was really steep, too, that I just felt pulled to, to, to climb to the top of or to walk to the top of every day. So I did. Almost died every time, but I did. 
And I was there for four days. I think it was the second or third day that I was there. I got to the top of it, and all of a sudden in my mind, I keep hearing the name Michael, 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 just incessantly over and over again. And all of a sudden I get this flash. And I, I, I can't say if it was in my mind or literally in front of my eyes, but it was a flash of this huge being, and it just it just looked white. And, and, but it was bigger than a typical human and it was just beaming and it was so quick that I didn't really know what had happened or whatever. So kind of, you know, like I knew I experienced something, but I just kind of forgot about it. So a couple of days later, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, uh, Sudo or I'm leaving Angel Valley and I run into one of the groundskeepers. And so we're chatting it up and she asked me how I enjoyed my time there. I said, I love it. And, and I pointed to the top of this, this hill. I said, funnily enough, you know, that was my favorite spot. I kept being pulled there every day. And she goes, oh, that's interesting. That's Ar- that's Archangel Michael's favorite spot. Oh. And, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I get chills to this day even telling this story. You wow. know? So that's when everything really started to happen for me uh, in terms of, of um, you know, receiving and, uh, you know, information from spirit. And then, uh, um, actually, I mean, not even a couple of weeks later, I was in Vancouver with Deepak. We had just finished a show. And I do apologize because I know I'm going a little long-winded on the story here, but there's just so much to it okay, that I think a lot yeah. of people can get out of it. Um, yeah. Because all these things just happen, boom, 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 boom. So, again, a few weeks later, I'm in, I'm, I'm in Vancouver. We had just finished a successful show with Deepak. My employees and I at the time had, you know, had an extra day in Vancouver before we went back home to Winnipeg. So we're hanging out. And we're like, oh, let's go downtown tonight. Let's go for dinner, whatever. And I remember saying to, because again, I like, I just didn't want to walk anywhere back in those days. I'd take a cab for for like ten feet. So I'm like, okay, yeah, let's call a cab. And one of my employees was like, Dan, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I just feel strongly that we got to walk. So, and I when he said it, I, I just knew he was right for whatever reason. There was just a weird feeling in the air, if you will, just really surreal. And I just felt that he was right. So we walk. So we're downtown Vancouver, and out of the blue, this homeless man makes a beeline for me. And there's a lot of people around. I mean, it's a Friday night, busy downtown Vancouver, and he makes a beeline for me, and he's shaking like a leaf. And he keeps saying over and over again, I can't take this anymore. I'm schizophrenic. I can't do this anymore. I can't take it. He's like, over and over, just freaking out. And without thought, without thought, I grab his hand, like in a handshake position, and I just start talking. Okay, and this is in 2006. This is before I start doing any of this stuff. And I just started right. talking. I couldn't even tell you. I can't even tell you what I said to him, but I know it was this type of stuff that I talk about now. And it was just flowing. It was just flowing. And then I remember all of a sudden I said to him, you know that you're not the same man you were right before we met. And right when I said that, I literally, I swear on my mother's life, I literally felt a jolt coming from my hand to his. And we both kind of like made like, like we both kind of jumped. And all of a sudden wow. he started shaking instantaneously he starts shake he stops shaking and he looks at me and he says calm as day he goes why am i not scared anymore dan and here's wow. the kicker here's the kicker i never told the guy my freaking name i i was going to say yeah like did you tell him i your never name? told the guy my name wow so yeah, and thankfully I had witnesses because my two employees were there. I mean, they they weren't hearing everything going on, but they're just off to the side. So I remember him hugging me, and I remember him saying over and over and over again in my ear, "Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan." And oh, and and his name was Kanji, which is a has a spiritual vibe to it as it is. And, yeah. And um, so I remember I I put my hand in my pocket. I remember I had three twenties on me. I gave it to him, and I said, "You're going to walk that way. I'm going to walk the other way." But but your life is never going to be the same now. And so he thanked me again. We parted ways. And my employees were like, wow, man, like, what was that about? And I remember saying to them, I said, I said, I don't know what just happened. I don't know what God is. But whatever it is, I just experienced it in that moment. Oh, and God is cool. so, Yeah, so, and just wait, it gets better. So, so we're oh, walking maybe for about five, <laughs> ten minutes. We're walking for about uh-huh. five, ten minutes. And because I, I couldn't, I didn't even know how to explain what happened yet. So I'm just like, okay, let's just keep walking, bros. And let's, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll explain when I kind of let this sink in. Right. So five, 10 mm-hmm. minutes, we pull off of the main drag just into like, not even an alley, like a little side street. And, but I remember there wasn't anybody around. So we're standing in a circle. It's, it's me and two other guys. So if anybody walks up, the other person's going to see it or one of us going to see it. So I'm talking about the experience 
And next thing you know, I turn around and the freaking guy is there again. Oh my gosh. He's standing right behind me. And so my two employees would have seen him walk up. Right. He was right there all of a sudden. And he puts his hand on my shoulder with a, with the sweetest smile I think I've ever seen from anybody. And he, and all he says is, I just wanted to thank you again, Dan. And he walks off. Wow. And so we were all blown away. I mean, one of my employees started literally bawling his eyes out. He was calling it a spiritual kick in the nuts. Um, <laughs> the, my other employee, he was he was more open to this stuff, but still kind of like baffled by it. And I just walked off literally scratching my head. And then a week later, I was back home, and I was at Earl's in Winnipeg, the restaurant, and my dead fa- or my my uh, my waitress's dead father came through. And from there, it's taken on a life of its own. So again, wow. I had to. I, so I had to be prepared to let go of the promoting, for this to open up to what was coming my way, which I had no idea. And uh, and now it's my life. Yeah. So that's a wow. long answer to your question, but yeah, all no, that's good because it was. It was my question was like, like how can you relate to this in your life? You know, like having to yeah. release the old. And I love that you said. You know, you you had to. Um, this is your that was your job that was your career like that's a that's a huge thing to have quote unquote lost or have to release oh, right oh of course and there was so much fear around it right i mean the yeah the, the beauty of what i do and what i try and make very clear is that what i do is not just based on information from spirit i mean that's where i get the information but i have proven i've had to prove everything I teach in my own life through my own experiences. So that's why I can speak so confidently and with such conviction about this stuff, because my life Mm -hmm. has proven my message. And the beautiful thing is, even more beautiful thing is that all of our lives have proven this message that everything unfolds the way it should, that we're always being brought to a higher purpose because no matter how much shit we've gone through, we, it always ends up for the highest good. And all of our lives, if we take the time to look back at it, is an ongoing series of we had to go there or we had to go through this to get here. Yep. Absolutely. So it's, Absolutely. Not, some, it's, not, so, some, it's not some theology. It's real. It's factual information if you take the time to look at your own life. You will so see why we, things had to happen. Sorry. Yeah. If we Okay, so that's absolutely true. I completely agree with you, and I bet you – the majority of the people listening right now agree with it as well. But having said that, if this is like, if we can sit there and look look at all of our past experiences and go, oh, I totally had to experience that because this is how it's serving me here and otherwise I wouldn't be here and otherwise I wouldn't be who I am. Why is it so hard for us in the moment? Why is it so hard for us to, to see that this is something that needs to happen in the moment? Because of fear? Because, absolutely. Because, and more specifically, because we've been conditioned to fear. Okay. It's, we are conditioned okay. to think a certain way in this world. Now, we're created to think a certain way in this world, too, because, you know, we're human. So we, we relate to that, which is physical, um, because we can't understand the intangible, at least in the beginning. So mm-hmm. we, we but, then it, but then that belief is perpetuated through religion, through media, through through the government, through pop culture, it's just fear, 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 fear. I mean, even religion, you know, we're, you know, we're taught to fear. If we don't follow this rigid set of rules, we're going to be put in this place run by a big red dude with horns to burn for all eternity. That would scare the shit out of anybody into conformity. You know, I mean, that's the ultimate Santa Claus type of situation that if you don't follow the rules, you'll be in the naughty list times a million. Yeah. Right? So we're conditioned right from Absolutely. the get-go that we're not good enough. We're taught that we're sinners right from the get-go. You know, and then, the guy, you know, and then pop culture teaches us we're not good enough if we don't look like Rihanna or, 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 or Miley Cyrus or, or, or these models or whatever. You know? mm-hmm. We're not cool if we don't look like Vin Diesel or Will Smith or whatever. You know, we're not cool. We're not worthy if we're not to have a lot of money, if we don't drive this car, if we don't wear these clothes. You know? I mean, mm-hmm. we're conditioned that we're unworthy right off the bat. And so we're all living a life of trying to make up for. Well, make up for what? We're all perfect and whole as we are created, and we're exactly the way we're supposed to be. And that's, so that's the game we come here to play on the soul level. We come into this illusion that something's not right to remember the, the perfection of everything. But you need to give into the game 
to believe what isn't in order to remember what is. We're all playing a game of forget in order to remember. So that's why we, it's so hard is because we're just, we're conditioned in a certain way of seeing things. And life is all about perception. It's all about thought. And because as soon as you remember you're more than your human self, you start seeing things from that part of you. Yeah. Oh, crap. I just lost it. I was, uh, I was just going to repeat something that you just said. Um, we're all playing a game of forget in order to remember. Absolutely. That's uh, it's like, yeah, because I I get it, but I could see how that could be confusing for a lot of people listening. Oh, We're all playing confusing. a game of forget in order to remember. Absolutely, because the soul speaks a language the human self does not understand. That's why it's up mm-hmm. to us to will ourselves to even give ourselves a shot at connecting to what may truly be us. Even if the listeners don't believe right now, I would just urge you to give yourself a shot. Give yourself a shot by just saying out loud to, to the sky, to the tree, to wherever, to the cat licking its own butt. It doesn't matter. Put it out there to something and say, life, show me that there's something more than just this human experience. Show me that I'm more than just a human. Show me that there's a yeah. perfection to things, that there's an intricate unfolding, that there's a purpose to this. And because as soon as you open your eyes, as soon as you look for it, you'll see it. But we've been conditioned to keep our heads down, metaphorically speaking, and just do what we're freaking told as we're told to do it. You know, can I share a story that directly Please. relates to this? Um, okay, so when, when my – I was just on CJOB, I think, Monday or Tuesday, I don't remember, and she was asking me about the Empowering Kids Camp and why I'm so passionate about it, and I shared with her that that camp was inspired by my son, Vinny. And because when he was, you know, when he was born, he was always – we used to describe him as sunny. You know, he just had this, like, glow to him. But he yep. was a unique child, right? Very unique child. And he was a handful. The kid was busy. So um, his experience was, you know, being dismissed from a couple of uh, daycare, two schools, and then his father and I removing him from two schools as well. And later on, you know, we've had him through the child developmental clinic and everything like that. And he, this kid was unique and he was entertaining, but there was a point in his little life where he couldn't even form sentences because of the stress and anxiety that he was experiencing, right? And um, so as a result, he, you know, his father and I decided we don't need a diagnosis. We just need to figure out how this kid ticks, like how he works, and let's just teach him the way he works. Like, let's... But before I got to the point of embracing his uniquenesses and and showing him to love all of his uniquenesses, mm-hmm. I went through years of hell because my kid, you know, this is this was the, where mindset my mindset was. He's he's different. He you know he doesn't fit into that mold. He doesn't fit into this mold. Um, I withdrew myself from my friends, and it's funny because on this show, I had forgotten all about the really challenging time until she asked me. She goes, oh, you just act like, okay, well, my kid learns different. Let's create a program and help other kids while you're at it. And I was like, you know what? Good point. Good call out. Like, it was, I, I, so at this, what I'm getting at, it's kind of like when you give birth. That is like the most excruciating pain, but instantly it's forgotten because of the joy that it brings, right? Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. kind of how I would describe the experience with my son. It's like we went through years of pain. At least I went through years of pain. I withdrew myself. I stopped talking to people. You know, I spent about six months cleaning feces off of walls and floors because that is an experience that he had and all of these really challenging experiences that he had to go through in order to be who he is and um, at that time I couldn't look at it as a blessing right but now Mm -hmm. I look at it like oh my gosh this kid like set the tone for my life you know he put me on my path absolutely uh, sorry go ahead no, I was just saying, absolutely. I I get it. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, like that kind of like when you're when you're going through the I don't know, what would you call it? The uh the most challenging times. How would you put that in Dan's words? Hmm. When, well, you're, when going you're going through, through the, the shit. shit. 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> See, right there. Right there. See, you know me. You know me. Yeah. <laughs> when you're going great. through the shit, it's like you are blinded. But once you, you know, come out of it and you embrace all of those experiences, look at the amazing things that come from it. You know, you could even take my separation and my divorce. Like, hell, Okay, like probably again mm-hmm. comparable to the experience I had with my son. Like that that is a freaking excruciating um transition in your life. Like that is like a major, major transition in your life when you're going through a separation and a divorce. But once you kind of get over the hump of it, it's like, Oh my gosh, look what I'm capable of, look what I'm doing, look at the, all the opportunities I have now. So Absolutely, absolutely. And that's what those experiences are there for. Um, you yeah. know, as you were talking, as you were talking about what what your son was going through at a young age, it, it, it reminded me of what I went through at a young age. And people are surprised when I tell this story, but I grew up with a severe stutter. And, uh, you know, there were times I could barely spit out my name. I remember in, in, in kindergarten and elementary, you, you know, you remember when they used to take attendance at the beginning of the day and they go around saying the names and all you had to say was present. Yeah. Well, I would, yeah. I would dread that because I, I had a hard time even spitting out the word present. And yeah. then I was in third grade. It was the first day of school. My teacher came up to me, asked me my name, and I couldn't even say my name barely. I finally pushed it out. And a couple of days later, I get a call, or my parents get a call from this teacher referring me to this speech therapy place. And all I had to do was basically listen to classical music with headphones. But I did it for a long time. I guess it was because there was some, some sort of balance in one of my ears, and that's what created the stutter in some way. And, um, and then it was gone. But my point about the stutter is that I had to have, because now I can see why I, my soul chose to have that experience without, or, you know, with the stutter. And that was to become, because now I appreciate and always have, since I've been able to talk clearly, um, you know, and just like everybody else, I've, I've, I've appreciated the ability to speak because I went through the ability of not being able to. Yeah. So it's because of the inability to speak that I've become a speaker. It's because yeah. of the inability to speak that I do it with such charisma and conviction. And why? Because I appreciated it. Something so taken for granted is communicating so much more than most. And I've gone on to be known for speaking, even when I was a professional wrestler. I was known for my for my microphone skills. I didn't have to do much in the ring because I was such a, a uh, you know a good talker. And yeah. and I mean even through various jobs I had you know even and then I was hosting you know I wasn't just promoting Sylvia Brown and Deepak I was the show host I would be introducing them and so everything I've ever done has been around my ability to communicate. So it just goes to show that you know you talk about you know or we're talking about how everything does happen for a higher purpose and. Ultimately, we all have to go through fearful moments to learn not to. And I think it's so important for mm-hmm. your listeners to, to really harness this truth, and that's that life will send you those fearful experiences until you no longer need it to realize that all is happening for your greater good. But yeah. until we realize that, until we can transcend that fear and realize everything's okay as it's happening, life will continue to send you what seemingly are fearful moments so that you learn not to fear it in the moment. As soon as you get the lesson, you no longer need the teacher. And the teacher is these fearful moments, these fearful experiences. I mean, we don't keep going back to grade 12 once we graduate because we got what we were supposed to get out of it and then we move on. But these people, but, and so many of us, and I've been there, we've all been there, we keep attracting these same type of experiences or we're living out of the past because we're hanging on to a traumatic experience. Until we learn to see the good in the shit, we're going to keep focusing on the shit, and the shit will be, continue to be perpetuated in various ways in our own lives. But there is good in everything, and once we take the time to dissect those moments, those experiences, and find the reason why they happened, they're going to keep living. But, but because, the, again, the, the, the goal is to see the lesson in every experience. Once we get the lesson, we no longer have to keep living the experience, whether in our mind or continuing to, to, to attract similar type of experiences. It's about getting the lesson, seeing the good in it, seeing the higher purpose behind it all. Then you bring it understanding, and then you can take the lesson and leave the experience behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. You know... That, uh, that's funny because 
it usually takes me a little longer than the average to learn my lessons. And um, and I always, you know, honor myself and kind of forgive myself by saying, um, you know, if if you're still repeating the same old patterns, there's still something left you need to learn. There's still something left you need to learn if you're still repeating, you know, the same experience and you have, right? So I, yeah. I kind of forgive myself a little bit in that in that respect rather than beat myself up because it takes me a little longer to learn these lessons. So, um, and anyone who knows me can totally agree with that. But, you know, it it, it does. It takes me a little bit longer. And, and that's okay because um, it I really make it worth it. You know, like once I do move past the point, it's like, okay, it, it becomes a part of my teaching, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I expect, well, and that's just it right there. Because your soul has chosen to be a teacher in this life, therefore your soul has chosen to experience things on a very intricate level so that you understand it on an intricate, on as, on as, as an intricate level as possible because you're meant to relay it to others. Uh, so, so you dive into these experiences and to the human mind, it's like, Oh, I got to do these over and over again. But to the soul, it's like, just like you said, I still have more to learn about this so I can better teach it to others. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. You know, and, you just and, and trust me, I've gone through the same stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just going to say like, you just explained to me why, you know, why I do that on a deeper level than even I understood, mm-hmm. right? Um, consciously, sure. anyway. Yeah, so, th- so that's awesome. And, you know, that's one thing I always share with everyone. You know, we can beat ourselves up over, you know, all day long if 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 we wanted to. Like this one time, probably a year or two ago, I was, um, I joined a, a health challenge. And the challenge was to get to know your foods really well, you know, eat the recommended amount of, um, carbs during the day and or not carbs but calories during the day and um, I was so angry and I quote unquote failed I think I made it like less than a week but then I made this big post on the challenge and it said yep I, I, I totally didn't make it but I forgive myself and I love myself anyway because I'm learning and I'm learning and I'm learning and that's one thing that I promote to this day is like um, you know, we're all we're all trying to achieve certain goals, and um, they're all different for each individual. But if you quote unquote fail, it's okay. Love yourself anyway. Honor yourself anyway. Either there's still something to learn, right? That we're repeating the pattern, or mm-hmm. or try again. Try again. You know what I mean? But if you sit there and beat yourself up, you're you're creating more of those really low vibrations, you're going to attract blah, 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 blah. I could go on and on about that. But um, it's really important to just honor yourself and go, all right, I get it. I'll try it again. Let's do it again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, what we all need to do is learn to chill out. We just yeah. need to learn to chill out and just go with the flow. But, I, I, and again, I, I realize it's easy to say. Um, but, but realistically, it's it's really easy to do as well. It's not simple, or or sorry, that's the other right. That's the other way around. It's simple, but it's not easy to do. But the mm-hmm. simplicity to it is just opening up to the reality or to the possibility that maybe life doesn't have to be perceived and therefore experienced the way we're taught. That maybe mm-hmm. there is something to it. I mean, if people stop and think. Because, again, that's a big problem. We just get into these reactive cycles of just go, 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 go. And we're conditioned to do so. But if we can stop and think about, I mean, let's, let's talk about even our physiological system here. I mean, the, it's amazing the trillions of things that are going on in this single solitary second just so we can breathe, just so we're able mm-hmm. to be talking to each other, just so we're able to be alive. I mean, there has to be something behind that. That just doesn't happen. And if somebody wants to say, well, it's evolution, okay, fine. But how do things so effortlessly and intricately evolve into how things are now? I mean, there has to be something behind it, an intelligence behind this thing we call the human experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, water. Yeah. How is water created? I mean, water is a bona fide 
freaking miracle if you think about it. I mean, and and we just happen to be made of 80% water or whatever. I mean, there's no coincidences here. How does everything work the way it does? I mean, how do our fingernails grow? How does our hair grow? How does our heart beat? I mean, there's a consciousness and an intelligence behind everything. And if that's a good place to start. Yeah. It's a great place to start yeah. realizing, okay, maybe there is something behind everything. Never mind just the way my heart beats and that there's something behind that, but maybe there's something behind everything. Maybe I am, I am here for a reason. Maybe life isn't just about struggling and just trying to make enough money to survive and being accepted by others. Maybe there is something to this human experience. I feel really strongly to make that call out. You know, my my personality and my um, the way I deliver the information that I have to share is usually very, very relaxed and kind and gentle. But the last couple of days, I've been feeling like I kind of want to harden that a bit and and give the call out that we are all here for a significant purpose right? Uh-huh. Every experience that we have does serve us, you know, uh, and I'm all, I'm, I guess I'm kind of speaking to the victim mentality out there, right? Like, um, you know, I, I, I work with a lot of people. I talk to a lot of people. I, I am connected to a lot of people and there's a lot of, you know, why, why me? Why is this happening to me? I can't do this. I can't do that. And, and I just kind of sometimes get to the point where it's like, Every single thing, like grab it, make it, make it what you want it, make it what you want it to be, you know, grab it, make it what you want it to be. And, and like you guys have, there's information flooding us nowadays, right? On how Mm -hmm. we can create what it is that we want to experience. But there's so many people out there who are just like, nope, can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. Now that, I've just said that, I'm kind of contradicting the honor yourself, you know, we're repeating patterns because we still have something left to, you know, to learn. And so, um, I don't know, maybe you can help me out with that. Like, why, like, I'm totally well, contradicting that, yet I'm feeling really strongly told really, to you. Okay. I don't think you're contradicting it at all because there does come a time where, as my, my mom used to say, it's time to shit or get off the pot. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. so, you know, yes, there's value to going through something over and over and over again. But eventually, we're, do, we're, we're doing that to inevitably get it. And some people choose to not get it. Exactly, right? And, and, okay. and some people on some level, whether it be conscious or subconscious, they're choosing not to get it because there's that fear of greatness. There's that fear of change, that fear of a better life. Because a lot of people become addicted, become addicted to the shit. Yeah. They become addicted to what? the drama. You know what? Okay. Yeah, just to add to that, in my practice, I basically teach people from the beginning to the end how to reprogram your brain, reprogram your thought process, right? Because habit is strong, and if it's all you know, then that's all you're going to do. But once you're introduced to the idea that you can choose what you think and create a new thought pattern, and here's how to do it, here are the tools to do it, and here are the tools to create whatever the hell it is that you want to create in your life – Exactly. It's it's just a, a matter of a matter of being introduced to the information and then choosing whether or not you want to create new thought patterns. Exactly, because we're right? all creatures of habit. We're, we're absolutely. Yeah. You're, you're you're so spot on with that. And um, because we're all going to have habits, we are habitual mm-hmm. beings by nature. So the but but the question is, are we giving ourselves a, a a true shot at choosing what that habit is? Because most people are living based on other people's belief systems. Yeah. Because we've been ingrained from them or with them since since the moment we popped out of our mothers. Most yeah. people are not choosing. Most people are asleep at the wheel and are just, you know, living from that conditioned space. They don't really have a thought of their own. Yeah. So it's about becoming aware that you do have a choice. You get to choose. But we've we've handed that ability that's and that's our biggest power, our ability to choose. You, you know, know, like you I and I are no better than anybody else. Sorry, I just want to finish this, yeah. this one thought. You yeah. and I are no better than yeah. anybody else. We're no wiser than anybody else. If there's any difference between you and I and others, it's just that we just remembered through life somehow reminded us that we can choose to choose. So we chose to choose. Everybody has yeah. that ability. Absolutely. One thought that comes to mind is I'm my father's son. 
right? I hear that yeah. so many, so often. Or I'm my mother's daughter. Like, they right. raised me, I have no blah, 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 blah. And I get it, you know what I mean? Like, if that's, if that's where you're, where, where you are. But here's to anyone else who thinks that way. Like, um, you're closing yourself off, right? You're making the decision that you are your father's son and end of story, right? When you, when you have a closed-ended question like that. Rather, um, you know, if, if, you know, 90% of your thoughts are subconscious, then like you said, you're asleep at the wheel. Um, you download all these thoughts by the age of, like, by the time you're born to the age of six or seven or whatever it is. You're just downloading. You don't even need to teach a child. They just download everything that they see, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm learning that quick. I'm learning that quick with yeah. my children. They're like, wow, they are sponges for everything. Absolutely. And you don't you don't need to put them in school. You don't need to teach them anything. All you need to do, and that's why if you're going to teach a child a new language, a, a second or a third language, why it's so important to do it at that age, because you don't even need to teach them. They just download it. That That's when they download all of their, like, core beliefs and core values, and that's why it's so important for me to continue with this Empowering Kids program, because it's like, I want to download some good shit into those kids. You know what I mean? Like, and I want to that into school. So, um, well, yeah, I totally get that. So what what I was saying was, you know, if, if you're a 40-year-old and you're like, meh, this is it for me. I'm my father's son. Like, guess what? You That's not true. Stop telling yourself well, no, that story. that is a choice. Absolutely, because yeah, that exactly. is a choice. And, I mean, mm-hmm. speaking of parents, speaking of parents, I mean, the, our parents themselves is a choice that we made before we even came here. Because the infinitely yeah. intelligent part of us that chose to come here, i.e. our soul, knew exactly what it was doing, what it was coming here for, and the people and situations it needed in order to shape it into the person who was here to come to do what it was here to do. Yeah. So you chose your parents. Now, like you were saying, most people just accept how their parents were, and it's like, well, I learned to be this way because of them. But what they're missing is that maybe your parents, not maybe, Oftentimes what our parents are there to do is to teach us what not to do because that's as valuable as teaching us what to, as, as what teaching us to do is. You're so it's funny. about being aware. Because, yeah. Um have you ever watched the documentary um oh what Joseph Campbell's um The Hero's Journey? I haven't. No, unfortunately. Okay. Definitely introduce that documentary to your children. My son's been watching it for, I don't know, two years now. And mm-hmm. and part of it in there basically says, like, don't listen to your parents. You know, if you <laughs> want to be a famous musician, then follow your passion. Follow your dream. And your parents want you to graduate and go to university. Don't listen to your parents. So my son's like, you know... Joseph Campbell said, I shouldn't listen to you. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm different, Vinny. I'm different. You know? <laughs> yeah. But it's funny, yeah, because I'm sure that I'm still guiding him on a subconscious level, right? Like as much as oh, that's course. my soul. Yeah. Well, and on a very conscious level and a direct level, too. And and that's why I think it's good yeah. that, you know, yes, of course, your focus or part of your focus is, is empowering kids, but but thankfully, it's also you know women or parents in general because those are our yeah. biggest influences earlier on in life. So you're empowering kids through empowering the parents. And I yeah. think for any parent listening out there, just to realize and really consciously be, make yourself aware of the fact of just how big of an impact you have on your kids will give you that conscious conscious uh, accountability that I think we all need because your kids um, are picking up every damn thing you're putting out there. If you're fighting, if you're arguing with each other, and you think that just because that door is closed that they, they can't hear, I mean, kids have, like, ninja freaking ears, man. Like, they will pick up anything. I mean, the other day, the other day I, yeah. I, I, I opened up a protein bar in the kitchen, and one of my kids were downstairs. <laughs> they ran upstairs, right? They can't, they can't hear me if I'm asking them to do the dishes. But as soon as I opened up what sounded like a chocolate bar, boom, they're like, they teleport. You know, so they can pick up anything that's going down, and they will soak it all in, and they will act it all out. They, they yeah. definitely will. Um, we have about five minutes left here, but just mm-hmm. to echo you a little bit, ninety-three um, percent of communication is nonverbal, right? Mm-hmm. 
So, and the younger you are, the more you feel that energy, right? So if you think that you're fighting behind doors and your kids don't notice, they notice because they can feel it and they read all the other signs of communication. And um, and that's really, really important to, to, to uh, be aware of as well. And kids, that's why kids download everything that they see because they're listening to what you're doing. They're not listening to what you're telling them to do. You know, that is that is killer information. Um, so it's definitely, that's why my new webinar series that's uh, beginning on Monday is uh, is called Modeling Success. Because, you know, if you want your child to be um, a success and, you know, be happy and do what it is that they love because they want to do it and, and so on and so forth, then the best way to make that happen for your child is to make it happen for yourself, right? And that comes to all different areas of your life. That comes to your relationship, to your friendships, to your job, to, you know, your hobbies, everything. So, um, yeah, man, this is awesome. I love it. I could talk forever. Right on, sister. I know. I'm with you. Yeah. So we only have about three minutes left. What do you want to share with our listeners? You said that you're going on tour soon. Do you have a date released for Winnipeg yet? Uh, not for Winnipeg yet. Fredericton is booked March 29th. Uh, we were going to do Halifax while I'm out that way, but it just wasn't working out with the schedule. Um, so, But I got Calgary on March 26th. I'll be in Edmonton um, on March 24th and 25th, um, only doing private readings. Um, but I have a few bookings uh, still available there. And, of course, a Winnipeg date probably for April. Um, but I'm always available for, for private sessions, either over the phone, in person, or via Skype. You can hit me up, Dan King Soulgasm, on Facebook. Um, you can take my website down if you'd like, mysoulgasm.com. It's about to be launched. And, um, yeah, there's lots going on. And please look for the Soulgasm series coming out very soon. And the Quickies is the prequel to the whole series called Soulgasm Quickies is available now, and you can get that through Facebook as well. Awesome. Is that on Amazon? Uh, not yet, because I'm, you know, I'm weird about this stuff. I don't just want to trickle things out. I mean, I'm kind of trickling things out with Facebook, but at least I'm, it's my page. Okay. Whereas, um, yeah, I don't just want to pop it up until I'm really ready to fully launch. So again, it's, okay. it's, it's it's available you, through Facebook. Uh, the shipping will be cheaper with me anyway because Amazon charges an astronomical amount. Um, so, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, so people are better off getting it through my Facebook page either way. I have a store on my website, so why don't you send me that information and then I can recommend your book to people and they can just go and get it off the store on my website. Beautiful. Well. You're awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. So I just want to thank you one more time for being here. I love our monthly um, our monthly chats, and I know our listeners do as well because the uh, amount of people listening, I can see you. I can see the people on the chat bar right now. And um, keep listening. Eventually, you will um, you'll want to ask that question. So, and I also see a lot of posts on Facebook about your private readings that you've been doing lately. Um, so I really want to encourage people to um, go and like Dan King's Facebook page and um, hop in and get your, you know, chance to book with him because you do uh, group sessions which really save people a little bit of money. Yeah, so, I do. Yeah, and it's really, um, it's really, those have really taken off um, because I was always really kind of wary about doing those because most times. When, when those are done, it's in a group of a bunch of people and everyone's getting a reading in front of each other. But then I got the idea, well, I don't got to do it that way. I can take people for 15, 20 minutes at a time and still give them that private experience that I believe this type of thing should be. And it's been yeah. just, I mean, it's been going amazing. I mean, I've done five or six in the last month or so. And it's, and I mean, yeah. people are still getting just as much out of it. And then what they typically do is they book a full session later as well if they want to dive more into it. But it's a great introduction. So we only have about 30 seconds left. So anybody out there, if you got about, you know, five or six friends who are interested in making this affordable, host something at your house and get Dan to come out. He'll speak to the crowd and then speak to you guys individually, and then you'll have an opportunity to book him. And thanks again for being here. We are out of time. And for everybody else listening, go to www.investinyourselfcourse.com and get your free video series on the biggest mistakes that men and women make in their relationships and so you don't have to make them.
I love you all. Thank you for joining us. Take care and see you later, Dan. See you. Thank you so much once again. Okay. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.